Hi, everyone, and welcome to Andy Gorman Golf One Putt Podcast. We're here today to talk Tour Talk, and Tour Talk is back because the tournaments are back. We're going to Kapalua for the Champions event. Oh, crikey, he's got one of those titles that you can never remember. Mm-hmm. Right, but we're back with the Tour winners from 2020. Um, we've got winners to announce from the Seymour uh, giveaway with Four Counties Golf. So what, listen out for that. Um, we're talking tour talk with regards to equipment. We're talking wedges and putters, of course, as we do, you know, but we're talking about the big news story of the last 24 hours. It is not lockdown. It is the fact that John Rahm has moved from TaylorMade to Callaway. That's the big news story. That's what we're talking about. We'll catch up with you in the show. Hi and welcome to the Andy Gorman Golf One Putt Podcast and I'm here to celebrate the start of a new year with my good friend and wingman Gareth. How are you mate? Yeah, very good Andy. How's yourself? I'm I'm all right. I think I'm I'm a little battle weary. I've had about 12 hours I suppose. Didn't sleep much last night trying to figure out a plan going forward because if you don't know, UK's in lockdown uh, and for whatever reason that's decided to be the case. Um, You know, it's not for me to question just means that golf is shut down again um so we're going into lockdown three and i guess in lockdown three we've got to um step up to the plate so we're going to share with our friends on air what we're going to be doing in lockdown three um of course the weather's not exactly on our side not like it was in lockdown one um or even lockdown two, to be fair, because that was only a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we're um, we're not making it up as we go along, but we haven't set the battle plan into action just at the moment. But we are definitely working things through. But uh, we've still got plenty of things to talk about, of course. Um, tour talk. That season starts. Okay, we just we only just finished, haven't we? Twenty twenty. Um, I think that took forever. Um, mm-hmm. I like the fact that actually we're going to see a season. And, and certainly the European tour, because we've had um, South Africa in the past and, mm-hmm. you know, kickstarting tours before the, the actual calendar season. But it calendar season is actually going to be done in the calendar year, assuming that we don't get any peculiar lockdowns like we had yeah. um, globally, um, you know, back in the beginning part of 2020. So, you know, all things being equal, I think we should be able to look forward to a golfing season, a sports season that will continue, um, you know, without too much um, disruption, really. I think we've got, a, you know, the sporting bodies have got a battle plan to be able to cope and bubble and contain and do all that they need to do. So um, I'm hoping that that will be the case, um, you know, and sure that uh, you're going to be able to uh, sort of steer me and help me along the way, Gareth, as, uh, as we get through. We've got some great stuff to talk about. You know, we've got our 2021 winner, our Christmas stroke New Year um, season winner uh, from Seymour and Four Counties Golf, uh, along with yours truly, because we'll be doing a fitting. But unfortunately, we've got to wait for the handover of the putter and the fitting because uh, he wants to come to the studio, but we'll announce our winner there. But tour talk, let's get going with some tour talk. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I don't know about you, but I love this time of year. It's like when I was growing up and football teams would bring the new strip out. 
you'd be in t- anticip- <laughs> anticipation of like, yes, what strip is it going to be? It's the same with the players of whose bag they're going to be playing this year. And we've had a, a big one announced yesterday from Callaway. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that one? It was a bit of a shock, to be honest with you. Um, I, I, that was, that was a, definitely a left field. Um, you know, one I never, like I say, I never saw that coming. Um, you know, in the situation that we're in today, I, I did see coming. And, you know, we've had conversations about it for the last few weeks. But, mm. um, yeah, John Rahm going to Callaway from TaylorMade. Like I say, never saw it coming. I thought that was, a, you know, a pretty solid bag um, you know, an icon player, so not not a small money player. Um, you know, current world number two. Um, yeah. But he's been testing the equipment during what has been a very limited off season, and um, allegedly, he's already shot fifty nine with his new clubs. Um, I did note that his old putter is still in the bag. Um, you know, he's spider, but of course, at some point, you know, I'm pretty sure he's on a 14 club contract. So, you know, he, there will be implementation of an obviously putter in there. But yeah, I mean, you know, I think it's a good coup for both. Um, you know, Callaway, you know, a major brand, of course, and um, John Rahm, a major player. So, mm. yeah. He's not going to be wearing Adidas either. He's going to be wearing Travis Matthews as well. So he's going the full kind of Carol Callaway range of brands. Okay, all right. I mean, yeah. I mean, look, it's a it's a quality bag, isn't it? You know, he was particularly shouting about the the golf ball, which I thought was um, was it was he using TaylorMade before? He was using T T P Five X. That's right. The, the kind of the, that version. I, to be honest, I've tried the Callaway um, Chrome Soft X. I just felt it was very firm. Felt very mm. very firm off the club face, and especially off. The wedges and the, and the you've got to be able to generate more than 100 mile an hour mate that's what yeah, it is right. the fact that john Rahm can probably do it with a seven iron is irrelevant yeah. but <laughs> um it, uh, yeah i mean it's it is a ball that i've uh, well i've not hit the x but i've you know i've hit the triple track um and well of course it's an old you know look i mean it's generationally still a top flight variety of golf ball it's come from the top flight plant of balls and i know it is i'm gonna get slated for that but it is still a variety of of the top flight i loved the top flight golf balls by the way guys you know so you know whether it was the performance ball the the 90 sd and that of course the strata you know and then they had the ben hogan golf ball Um, yeah you know so i was very fortunate i was one of the first golf golf professionals here in the UK, 96, to actually have a dozen golf balls and, you know, go out and play with them. And the golf balls launched at the Belfry here in the UK. Um, and I was invited as a, as a staff player at the time to go and play um, a few holes at the Belfry. I think, I think we ended up playing 18 holes, if I remember rightly, and, um, you know, a bit of a... Uh, you know, sort of canapes and you know mm-hmm. drinks afterwards and uh, yes uh, it was a mainstay in my bag for another five years or so in fact it I went from the starter to the Ben Hogan ball with the, the six hexagon mm-hmm. dimples okay. the deeper dimples in that and um, yeah I loved it you know I thought it was a fantastic golf ball for me you know at the, certainly at the time was the most stable ball that I played um, and you know it was just a surefire just surefire i mean it was just one of those golf balls that you know i was able to you know sort of comfortably control 
Mm -hmm. that was that was really you know what it was all about for me so um yeah you know john i'm going to to callaway look we know a lot of people will move around equipments mm -hmm. you know over you know two or three year period is the first of the big names it's interesting that does that leave the way for justin rose to come back to you know taylor made or is he going to stay a free agent as such i know there was talk that he was testing some clubs before um before christmas um from other brands so you know did you see the tailor-made christmas card andy because that kind of gave it away of the almost the icon players who were going to be the stable for this year and ron wasn't on it jason day wasn't on the card uh, yeah i did i did see and um was tiger on it Tiger was on it. Tommy comes in, so Tommy, yeah, Tommy Fleetwood comes in. Yes, that's right. Yeah, I did notice that Tommy was in. And, I, I, you know, I did think that I didn't put two and two together, to be honest with you. You know, there were other things sort of clearly on my mind. I did. So I saw I saw it at a glance, really. And mm -hmm. I did note that uh, Jason Day wasn't on. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I could tell that there was a few notable players not there. I saw Tommy was there, but I didn't. That's why I say, you know, I had to ask the question about was Tiger on there? Um, you, you know, what, is it a case of, um, you know, are these guys doing what they're they're doing? It is the merry-go-round season for for equipment, and you know, will be interesting to see. You know, I think the day we know the day is here that you know players are going to be a little bit more free agent. Um, we've talked about it in the past, and I think it's one of those. Uh, scenarios really that we have to be um you know accepting that players are not necessarily going to play with you know equipment as a whole bag equipment deal and um you know seeing some of the putters that are you know in and out of bags and noting that one of the top players um you know on the pga tour tony finau is not sporting a ping putter in the bag which was always part of the deal you know, um, I think there they were 11 club deals, but you had to play a driver and the wedge and the putter, um, if I, you know, if I recall correctly. So I noticed that some of the guys now are not necessarily using, you know, the wedges, albeit maybe one in there. Um, you know, and I think that gives them a little bit of flexibility. And I like the fact that, you know, Ping allow that, mm. um, you know, but the fact that the driver's in the bag and, and look, there's a lot of players who were using those, you know, 410, 400, 410, now 425, you know, are not um, assigned to equipment deals um, and using that. So you can tell the pedigree of that driver mm -hmm. these days as a free agent. If you've got a choice, then you will try all the drivers. Um, but, that, you know, couple of couple of notable drivers. I mean, you know, they're not known as equipment manufacturers uh certainly don't want to be known as equipment manufacturers in tight list and yes yet the tsi3 if i remember rightly if that's the right one particular model is you know jumping in and out of the bags of of many a free agent and being recognized as one of the um the, the banging drivers i suppose is as good a term as any it's um you know maybe even the cobra um rad, rad speed, speed one yeah. yeah so you know it's going to be interesting to see what happens um yeah you know and i think i think cobra's a, a shout out 
brand as well. I think that they have got some really solid equipment. Mm-hmm. Um, and an area of the game which I thought was weak, um, you know, up until, well, certainly recently in, in some of the images that I've seen was their, their wedges. And they look like they have some really good gaming wedges now. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm you know particularly keen to be able to see, um, you know, who maybe switches and, you know, obviously they've got Ricky and they've got Bryson and, you know, will, will other players jump on the, on the bandwagon and will that driver be a gaming driver? Jason Day would be a nice fit, I think, for Cobra. Ooh, that's a good shout. There's a good shout. Yeah. Be interesting to see where he goes. If he's not going to stay with, um, you know, with TaylorMade and, and be part of their um, icon staff, it will be very much um, in, uh, intriguing to see where he decides to go. Um, or like yeah. you said, a free bag. A free bag, I could see him with a free bag as well. Yeah, yeah, and it may well be. I mean, he's, all, he's always played, if I can recall, he's always played a branded bag, which, you know, is, is something that, you know, generally is... is I think it's, it's Zurich, Zurich off the top of my head. I think Zurich. You know, it's Zurich right now, is it? There. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, yeah. Um, and that, you know, that sometimes I think is is the writing on the wall. Um, mm. You know, when when somebody decides a bag to go, I mean, like Tiger, you know, back in the day, always had the, you know, Buick bag, didn't he? And mm. you know, sort of obviously hasn't had that for a number of years. And you know, branding another brand these mm. days, and you know, whatever purpose, all down to money. At the end of the day it's beneficial to both brands and you know i've got no issue with that um and you obviously endorse the products that you feel comfortable with and you know it's it is the major platform isn't it you know i mean if you look at the amount of golf bags that are out there that are free bags now mm-hmm. um you know then that's but there's a lot of golfers out there doing that so did um, you find it hard as a as a kind of putting short game specialist when players switched equipment um, oh, and did I find it hard? There were times, uh, yeah, the, uh, the biggest issue for me, as you know, has always been down to whether the butter fits. Mm. So when a player switches, mostly, I, I, I didn't really have any major issues when players switch wedges um, because they generally don't. It's quite, it's quite funny. They'll, they may switch a brand, but they don't switch a style. So the club looks very similar. They'll, they'll be in there, they'll be talking to the guys and saying, you're right, okay, well, the final grind, I want it to look a little bit like this. In fact, actually what they're doing is they're saying, look, you know, I want this tailor-made to look like this Vokey, you know I mean? <laughs> That's what, you know, because there's something visual about a wedge that creates its playability and the way that it sounds when it hits the turf and the sand that's down to obviously bounce grind interactions, you know, with the sole of the club. So that's not necessarily visual. When you're looking down on it, you want the leading edge to be in just the right place relative to the shaft. And, you know, I'm, I'm not on my own on that. You know, there's a lot of things, you know, where, where the, the bulge on the top of the, um, the crown of the club, which obviously on a wedge is just the very top edge of the club, but how rounded or how straight or how deep into the heel, how high versus the toe, um, you know, all of those little characteristics create in the mind a player's ability to be able to play that club. I mean, I can remember when, you know, I first um, saw the dyadic wedges uh, from Cleveland. And I remember putting them down. I can remember putting a 56 wedge down and thinking, I can't hit that more than about 60 yards. 
and I've got a 58 degree club in my own bag and you know and I'm looking at it going but I can hit this 100 you know so so why does it look like I can't now because it looked like this 56 wouldn't go more than 60 yards it didn't and so you know the brain has to be in the process of being able to contend with what it's looking at and get the results that it wants to get rather than the results it believes it's going to get um you know did it mean that I had versatility on in a club because it would only go a relatively short distance and of course we go and measure it you see it's bang on 56 degrees aloft and you know the lie angle is just right and you can play these lovely bunker shots but it doesn't go anywhere so it's playing all these shots around the greens that you want it to do but it doesn't go anywhere in flight and yet you know another club the club that I was comparing it with was a a Ram Beryllium Copper Tom Watson series you know and it was just I don't know why you know that this club just would not get out there you know it had no it just didn't it looked didn't it wasn't really look weak it just didn't look like it was ever going to fly anywhere yeah. um a little bit like some 64s do mm. you know when you put them down you just know that it's all about you know spin elevation flight you know control around the, the vicinity of the greens rather mm. than the actual flight into the greens um from good distance so yeah wedges you know generally uh, players more inclined to play something very similar yeah. when it comes to putters there is often a, an inclination to change the style especially if the styles that they've been using have gone off the boil a little bit mm. so you know if i'm looking at a club that's you know a, a blade type or heel and toe sort of answer style putter and then you know for whatever reason things are not working out well i may well want to switch to a mallet you know that's generally not my pattern but you know, why wouldn't I, mm. you know, or I go a little offset. Well, of course, then there's some adaptations you've got to make. If you're used to a center shafted putter that's onset with the shaft in front of the, uh, sorry, the head in front of the shaft. Now you've gone offset. So there's a 15, 20 mil difference between the alignment of the shaft and the, the front edge of the club. That's going to change the position of the golf ball in your stance because of the rotation phase. Yeah. that will be different in the face and you know we can talk about that you know another time but you know what differentiates a putter but you know crucially when a player changes does it affect his posture and as long as you know the profile of the head to shaft doesn't change then and the length doesn't change then the player can use whatever club he wants you know she wants and, and get the same stroke mechanics doing the thing and just me just changing the visuals mm -hmm. which hopefully then changes something you know fortune whatever it is maybe alignment and that's one of the things that you will get from changing the head style but also you know if you offset the head or you onset the head you change that head style and you get this variant that you know then affects how it looks uh, and potentially how it aligns and when you're able to change alignment factors delivery can sometimes be a little bit more efficient as well um you know and oftentimes it is just, it starts aiming in the wrong place the brain knows it but the eyes haven't seen it and the player hasn't registered it and all of a sudden you know we're making adaptations in the stroke so if we can get into a place where we're aiming correctly and we can free flow the stroke and just let that putter swing through you know then it becomes so much easier to uh you know to adapt from one to another and you know I, that's my recommendation for anybody is 
know where the shaft's going into the head, know the relationship between the face and the shaft, get the length right. The lie angle and the loft are easy to adapt with. But, you know, if you start changing the length, you start changing your posture mm. and that affects the, the ability for the body to work with, within the stroke, the brain to free things up. And, you know, that's where we, um, you, you know, ultimately we'll end up losing out. Um, you know, so that was always my bugbear with, with players on tour. And that was where, you know, I would clash heads with, you know, the manufacturers because they'd bring a 34 inch putter out for a guy six foot one. And when that happens, you know, we're, we've won a battle to start with, you know, and a player doesn't want a battle on the green. He wants to be able to know that, hey, this club is built, fitted, bang, ready to go. I like that. Put it in the bag rather than it goes back to the truck and, you know, it's getting adjusted and maybe not adjusted correctly or, you know, how are we adjusting it? It's going to affect the weight, is the, you know, all the things. Because if he likes it when he puts it in his hands, albeit it's not the right length, then there's an element of, I don't really want to change that because I like it, but actually it's affecting your posture. So now your stroke's going to change. And it's a little bit like how a player fits into a putt, into a driver. If within three to six swings, he hasn't got it, take it off him. Because yeah. now between six and 12 swings, he's going to learn how to use it. Yeah. And, you know, that's one of the challenges that, you know, I've, and, and recreational golfer, albeit less so, We'll do the same thing. So he goes and spends, you know, five or six hundred. It could be as much as five or six hundred pounds on a on a driver. Um, but let's just say three hundred pounds on a driver. Whatever money you're spending, it if you don't, if you cannot hit it in the first three or four swings, stop, because it doesn't suit you. And it may take you 10 swings to hit a couple of good shots. And then you'll hit a couple more and a couple more and a couple more. Go and grab your seven iron and see if you can't hit that anything like. And if, you know, that may well be telling you something, um, you know, about the way that club fitting works, you know, differently from, you know, shots to tour. And, you know, you've got to know, player knows very, very quickly within a couple of shots, within a couple of swings, within a couple of strikes, I know the difference between the head, the ball, you know, all these little characteristics in terms of feel. So, you know, I don't know if it's worth having a look at and if we can pull it up, we will do. But, um, you know, Tiger testing the Bridgestone ball yeah. a couple of years ago now when he switched to XS, um, you know, how he determined the difference between why he was going with that ball versus, you know, another ball and, you know, what it took and he how he immediately casts off some of the balls. You know, it's no, 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 not having it. I don't like the sound of it. And it is, you know, we know with the Bridgestone test that we did a, um, a couple of months ago that getting the golf ball dialed in, you know, is largely down to sound because when you hit a golf ball at 115 mile an hour, you know what else are you getting you know there's an element of feel but a lot of feel if you plug your ears a lot of feel comes out of your ears mm -hmm. so you know if you plug your ears does that golf ball sound different well yeah because you can't hear anything you plug them so if you um you know practice and hit golf balls with your airpods in um you know and you're listening to some music you know you're missing a, cru a crucial part of your ball strike which is the sound the quality of the strike, the compression, the you know, the, all the things that come out of hitting a golf ball well invariably is out of your, you know, into your ears. So, um, it, it, you know, it is one of those 
peculiar parts of you know how the brain and, and body come together with the visuals you know you may see a slight dip, dimple pattern difference or slight color change you know there's a difference but until you've picked it up i mean you know you've seen me do the bite test you know jiggle it around in my teeth and you know if, if my te teeth don't fall out it's soft enough and if they do you know it's maybe going to go a bit further <laughs> so, um you know that first part of you know of course that then resonates some noise and feelings that i'm getting going into here that you know can bounce the ball on the club and all of a sudden you know we've got some before we've even hit a, you know proper good bad or indifferent shot you know with, you know effectively we've got an idea how that golf ball is going to perform so um a lot of things with with regards to that you know is, are, are a big deal what are your thoughts on now with these kind of wedges or oh, I, th I think they're going back in terms of traditional look and style and feel i know a lot of the manufacturers at the moment are promoting the raw finish or this yeah. if you if you let it rust you'll get more spin what what's your thoughts is it marketing hoodoo or is, does it really i think when it comes to the no, I think, you know, we've got data to suggest that, you know, there is a bit more grip on there. Um, at the end of the day, the grip's coming out of the sharpness of the grooves. So, you know, and, and sometimes, you know, rust can fill the grooves. So there is an element of, you know, keeping those grooves clean. And, and that in, in also includes the, the rust element um, of it. So get your wire brush in. But the sharpness of the grooves ultimately is one of the challenges that we have to contend with. So, you know, as long as... As long as the grooves are not worn, um, you know, I think there's something to be said for, you know, the, the, the harder materials, you know, retaining a sharper edge. But the player doesn't necessarily relate to the fact that the harder material is going to give him the feel around the greens, but mm -hmm. it will give him more spin. So, you know, it, there's a trade-off. Again, it comes down to the sound elements. And now this isn't necessarily just the golf ball that's resonating or changing the resonance. It's the material as well. So and you use some of the harder carbon steels or versus some of the um, stainless steels or the forge versus cast. I mean, they, they're going to make a very subtle difference to how things um, you know, sort of play out really. So, mm -hmm. you know, when we've got, you know, equipment that uh, works for us, you know, then then that's fine. I'm, I always used to be a fan of the Rusty Club. Um, you know, I like the raw finish. The problem with the raw finish is that you've lost that stability that the chrome and the, the nickel um, plating adds to the club. So it's a little, it, it is softer, mm -hmm. so it will wear, it'll dink and dent and you know, so the damage, it'll also bend a little bit more freely. So, you know, you're having to constantly be able to check the lie and the loft um, significantly because they will move as well. And on the wedges, it's probably even more important that the things stay dialed in because of the way the bounce interacts. And, you know, you add a bit of loft, you add a bit of bounce, you take a bit of loft off, you, you lose some bounce. And that's going to affect how that golf, ball, uh, that golf club performs you know, on and around the greens. And I think there's a lot more to be said for that. Um, but, you know, equipment, generally speaking, is very stable. It's very strong and, you know, it is, you know, more more than adequate to be able to do its job. So, um, 
Yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, for me, if I had the option on on a, a raw finish, I probably would. Um, likewise, I've had options on, you know, sort of stealth finish clubs mm. before now. You know, blackheads, I like it. I like the dark. I like the way it darkens. Um, and, I, you know, I like that, especially when a club is angled up at you, you know, then that's generally speaking, it either has to be a dull satin finish if it is sort of that the standardish type finish or you know a dull dark rusty or blackened finish uh, in its own right because when you've got the face staring up at you and we've got a little bit of sunlight you know mm. about the four four days a year that we have it here um you know then that could be blinding so you know that's one of the reasons why i like those um the darkening heads but you know or the rusty heads but yeah you know i, I i'm not I'm not an advocate that I've got to go out and have every single club go rusty, but I've got no problem with every club going rusty if that was the case. Yeah. And they, I, I imagine they're just trying different ideas as well, aren't they? They're almost going back to the drawing board. So uh, we have also this week the start of the tour in America, PGA yeah. Tour, um, Champions Week. Or, it's yeah, you know, cent- Century Tournament of Champions. It's, it's there you called. go. There's a, there's a, it's a mouthful. Um, and and ultimately, you know, it's in Capilouth, same plantation course again, I think. Yes, yeah, and it's you know, it's a little bit like popping back to Augusta, isn't it? Um, we're comfortable with it, we're familiar with it. The players, those that have been out there or have won before, of course, there'll be a few first timers out there. Um, you know, players, it, it, I always find it funny. Why would a player not want to do it? Mm. You know, it's like, why would he not want to go? I mean, crikey, if for a start, it's Hawaii. Um, don't think it's too bad out there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, weather always seems to be kind of reasonable at this time of the year. Um, mm. There is another tournament in Hawaii a couple of, you know, a week later as well. It tends to be the kicker of the season because obviously those that our tournament winners from last year get a chance to play. But I, I yeah, always find it surprising. Mm. I always find it surprising that, you know, golfers don't don't want to play it. You know, I'm just like, why would you not want to play it? Mm. I mean, you know, you don't need to play it, I suppose. And I suppose you're banking on being able to win again. But, you know, it's... Because there's no cut. Need. There's no cut either, is there? Yeah. yeah, I think there's a play... I think there's a lot to be said for... Um, players getting an opportunity to get four rounds in quickly, mm-hmm. you know, um, even if you are of the pedigree of the player, if you've had a previous win, that's fine. But, you know, a win previous year, that's fine. But, you know, get out there and get four rounds competitively under under your belt again with without the pressure of trying to make a cut. And, you know, at least when, when you're winning tournaments, you shouldn't be under pressure to make a, make a cut. But it happens. And I think it's one of those things that we just have to be, as a player, mindful of, you know, getting off to a quick start, getting a few bucks in the bank and, you know. But, uh, you know, you generally find those that are missing it don't have to worry about the bucks in the bank. So, yeah, you know, it's, um, <laughs> you know, but I, I, I've always found it a little bit of a surprise. You wouldn't want to get off to a flyer, you know, fairly quickly. So um, I'm looking forward to you yeah, imagine what you were talking about before about equipment as well. It's a good opportunity to test some of the new gear in the bag without the pressure of a, a, a kind of two-day cut, and then you've got to try and make some money. Yeah, you know, I think that's that is it. You know, just getting getting used to just see how the how the equipment performs. I think also on the flip side of that, because it's where it is, you can't dial that equipment in either. 
and potentially rather than sort of be maybe left wanting with your new equipment that also detracts from it so you know when a player's trying something new you know they're dialing in the equipment they're working it out they're trying to get this little tweak that little tweak and there's no trucks you know that's not to say that there isn't some kind of presence out there i'd imagine there is but you know you you kind of go in there a little bit on a whim mm -hmm. and maybe just maybe that's why you know if you don't feel comfortable that your clubs are quite dialed in and you know want to compete that'd be a place for you to find it and if you've then got a battle you know four rounds and then following week another two because you're likely to miss the cut because you've lost your confidence you know maybe that's just one of the reasons why the players do you know duck out maybe you know they're not comfortable they can get the equipment dialed in quickly you know early enough you know maybe that's the case i don't know yeah yeah it's a good one i've never been fortunate to have a player going out there because i'd have asked mm. for a week's holiday that would have been very nice i'd have gladly gone all expenses paid but no wages <laughs> <laughs> so yeah yeah so it'll be interesting to see that you know i don't know who the fields or who the field are at the moment um very strong yeah. very strong brahms there the dj's there all the all the major players you'd expect to see you there which is which is great yeah, yeah, and I think you may well find that, you know, a lot of players are going to play in events that they wouldn't have done ordinarily because they can, but because they don't know, you know, quite what's around the corner. We never did, did we? You know, this year, we didn't know what was around the corner. You know, when you could set your schedule, it's like, yeah, no problem at all. Now it's like a bit of a free-for-all at the early part of the season. Maybe that's what's in the heads of the players. Um, you know, if they've got one eye on their, over their shoulder going like, will we play Augusta? You know, again, will it have an opportunity to, you know, will, will America lock down, you know, or will the, the traveling circus that is the tour, um, you know, be able to contain itself in the bubble the same way that, you know, it did, um, you know, through last year? Because with all due respect, I mean, they did manage the COVID um, scenario extremely well. Mm -hmm. Same in the European tour. I mean, we had very few fallout. Um, you know, oftentimes it was only because of travel, you know, and, you know, questionable test results, you know, were there any of that, were there any that slipped through the net? I don't know, possibly, but, you know, some that didn't and some that were pulled back in said, no, you're, you're positive that maybe they weren't necessarily. Look, you know, all things being equal, I think you know, you've got a fair crack of the whip. And if you were tested positive, you were tested again. And if you were tested positive again, I think you got, you know, sidelined for a couple of weeks. And that's mm -hmm. fair enough. Um, you know, but if that's the case, with all the tests that took place, I think there was a stat done just before Christmas with all the test results that went through, there were literally just a handful of positives. You know, so, you know, it's, it's pretty impressive, really, um, you know, to think that, you know, in all of that testing that took place, everybody being tested every week more than once, you know, that ultimately they, um, you know, that we managed to keep the tours um, infection free. And that then said, when you look at it, is everybody staying within the rules and parameters? See, what golfers do really well is stay within the rules and parameters. You know, that's the bit that I really like about golf, you know, is that we've got a rule book. Most of us have done, haven't spent much time in it in recent years, if, we've, if, if at all. I mean, I used to read it from cover to cover as a kid. Um, 
you know, certainly if there was anything new I knew about it, you know, it was, you know, that I think is absolutely crucial. You know, you've got you've got a handle on the rules, but then guys didn't jump ship and go backwards and forwards and go out reveling and partying like we see in other sports footballers. You know, just because you know you think you can, you know, and then you go and infect the whole of your team. You know, I think at that point, you know, we don't need individuals to go down with it, and we don't need and because they're individuals and they're contractors of their own destiny they don't take chances you know it's i think how many how many weeks are actually lost in formula one you know maybe six eight weeks of of all obviously lewis did i think perez um lost out somewhere along the line and maybe one or two others you know a couple of the teams obviously lost you know crew personnel um you know but they managed it i think you know that's one of the things that we can definitely say about you know the tour european tour you know pga tour lpga you know let you know all managed this you know once they decided we're going back we're doing it you know we're going to do it right these are the rules these are regulations abide by them and you can play don't abide by them and you're going to fall foul you know then obviously you know it it panned out really well so you know fair play to everybody you know who who abided by those and that's the difference i think between golf and sports like football yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> discipline, isn't it? You know, ultimately. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, what about our winner, Andy? Our competition I was just going to say, you know, it, well, you know, can we bring it up and sort of replay, you know, sort of how that all span out? You know, we'll, so it, we'll get the spinning I mean, dial on. We'll get the spinning. I, know, I love that. You know, I mean, it was literally. Um, you know, super. Yeah. Look, I'm going to have the liberty of being able to roll it out. I'll pull it onto uh, to my Insta feed. The wheel you know, of fortune. Roll it out again. Um, you know, because I thought it was just fab. You know how how we managed to um, you know put everybody's name into the hat, and then it, you know, it was on our way. Where are we? There we go. So look at that. I mean, it's just awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I, um, modern technology i mean it's superb isn't it and of course you know ultimately our big winner was big oggy golf so we've been in touch um car bless him he's bitterly disappointed because of course he's in cornwall which is about f- well he's land's end actually um near enough um which is about as far away as you can get from me um apart from going to john O'Groats up north um I think he's got about a six and a half hour drive to come and get to me. Guess what? He doesn't want to do it remotely. He wants to come and see me. I think he's going to play some golf as well, which we may fully uh, participate in and sort of get him into the fitting. And then we'll go and have a game of golf and maybe throw that in together. So he doesn't know. I haven't said that to him yet, but why not? Um, opportunity for him to test his new putter out. Um, if I can build it on site for him at the same time, would be pretty awesome. But um yeah, so you know, great opportunity. He's got, he's got a YouTube channel as well, which is great. He's a high handicap golfer. Going to be a lot of fun, but you know, have have him up for the day, um, you know, and let him go through the experience of the uh, tour fitting process that we would do, and um, build him a putter for him to be able to see. And um, I'm sure he'll put something out on his YouTube channel uh, with that. It's just a mad keen golfer, and I love mad keen golfers. Mm. So uh, I'm just desperately disappointed that he can't come up and do it. 
sometime soon. But hey, you know, it'll be close enough to the start of the golf season when he does. And, um, you know, it'll be a great opportunity for us to be able to sort of uh, do that. And maybe the weather's a little bit brighter and, uh, you know, we can get out on the golf course in some nice weather um, and, and test it out on that day. So, yeah, looking forward to that. I want to say a big thanks to Melvin um, and uh, Four Counties Golf and, of course, Seymour Putters for, you know, donating the uh, classic series putter uh, for um, Big Oggie to uh, to get on there and do it, uh, you know, and, and, you know, experience the whole thing as well. So uh, thanks for your help in pulling that together as well, Gareth. Um, it's always nice to start the new year with something nice and positive. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and likewise, then, is coaching programmes. If you're locked down, you can still learn. You can still improve. And putting, right, you might not get a chance to do your short game in the backyard at the moment because it's a little bit chilly. Some of us have still got snow on the ground. It's chilly enough outside that you really wouldn't want to be practicing outside. But if your needs must, then you can. And of course, if you've got a studio in the basement or your garage or wherever spare room or summer room or garden room or whatever it is that you've got, you know, you can practice your short game. As a putting and short game specialist, I am experienced for over six years and been able to deliver online learning and remote learning um you know that i've been doing over the last six years has produced this effective results i'm going to say the same results as if you were face to face in the studio so you know the putting is really easy when you can do it in your living room or in your little swing room or wherever it might be wherever you can get a putter to roll the ball 10 15 feet across the carpet you can improve your putting no end. We've got some drills that are coming um, for you in in all sorts of manners. If you haven't already, sign up to uh, my newsletter on my website, andygormangolf.com, because then you can get access to the putting myths. Everything that you've ever learned that helped you to miss every single putt you've missed is in the putting myths. Everything you know about putting is in there. Right. And it's a myth. It's the reasons why you keep missing putts. And of course, then the solutions are available, you know, in all sorts of different formats. You can either dial in remotely and have a one-to-one remote coaching through formats similar to this, or you can access the direct remote learning process, which is the video series that we've got available as well contact us we'll have all of that information going out over the next few days anyway and more importantly instagram live is back yes friday so um a little bit short notice for me to scramble for tomorrow gotta be perfectly honest um gotta sort the studio out myself so uh between today and tomorrow i'll be in, in and out of there um, and ultimately, yeah, we'll be back on Instagram Live. So you get an opportunity to ask as many questions as you like about putting and short game. I will answer other questions as well, but it is a putting and short game format and it is with the putting and short game specialist. So you can't dial into the show. So it is purely and simply type in your questions. The wingman, the very man here, Mr. Shaw himself, will be in my ear he's there to offer assistance all right he keeps an eye on the questions when he turns up um one below the ribs there um so he's there to take the questions and then he'll bash them in my ear so come on 
with a bunch of questions and ask away. The more questions you ask, the longer the show goes. Maybe I'll get to eat this Friday, but there will be days that when we do it, that you'll stop me from eating for many an hour. I don't need to go on a diet. I haven't put any, any weight over the Christmas period. I do need to get working out again, but can't because the gyms are closed, but I will make do because I've ordered my training equipment. I'm hoping it will be here before the weekend. But when we're on live, you keep asking the questions and I'll stay with you. It's scheduled for an hour. There are no limits now on Instagram, so you can stay on for as long as I'll allow you, basically. So the more questions you've got, dial in at four. If you're just about waking up in America, that's fine. I'll accept that. Anywhere else, get on, join us at four o'clock, and we've got a perfect opportunity to help you with your putting and short game during Instagram Live. So looking forward to spending time. I'm sure you are, Gareth, as well, because we do have we do have a laugh. We do enjoy it. You know, we look. I I have a very fortunate uh, outlook on life with regards to you know if I'm helping, I'm loving life. And the more I can help you with your short game and you put in, the more I love life. So, you know, I'm having a great time at this point in time. That's why I get disappointed with lockdowns because I can't help folk. But we'll find an alternative way of helping you. And at some point, hopefully, I'll get a little bit of compensation for that so I can keep the bills being paid. But crucially, you know, I'm here to help. And that's what we do. So an Andy Gorman golf. That's all we do is help you to improve your scores, to improve your well-being on the golf course, to beat your mates, chuck a few extra quid in your pocket, you know, and have more fun out on the golf course when you get a chance to get back out of there. You've got no excuses. We know we're in a lockdown for six weeks. You can improve your golf in six weeks. That's a guarantee. And that's something I want to help you with. So check out all that we've got going on over the next few days, weeks, you know, and get your game ready for the start of the unveiling of the coming out of lockdown three so we're in it we're in it together i suppose you know but we are in it together um because we're in it here uh, at andy gorma golf so that's why we're here um you come along you join us you ask the questions you're going to help somebody else think about it this way i'm not just helping you i'm helping somebody else somebody else may never have thought about the question that you've got and you might think well i've asked that question before don't worry about it because somebody new might be listening we have doubled our audience in the last 12 months, right? So that means that over the last six months or so, we've probably got about eight or 900 more people following us on Instagram. So that is a big shout out. One, say thank you everybody for um, you know joining us, listening to what we've got to say, joining the journey, improving your golf, but ask the questions you think that they're going. And there is no such thing as a daft question. There might be a daft answer, that's down to me and my stupid sense of humor, but that's part of why you love me. And it's why I love you as well, because you'll roll with the punches, right? I'm not going to make anybody look stupid. All I want is as many questions so that I can help put to bed all the issues that you've got while you're on and around the greens, because that's why I'm here. And ultimately we can keep doing that together. 2021 won't be all that bad. On that note, Gareth, Thank another you. week has gone. Yep. Another podcast and flies by. Another podcast has flown by. I mean, crikey, you know, they are rolling through. Um, We're into the back nine now, sir. We're into the back nine. We are into the back nine. It's crazy, isn't it? You know, mm. another back nine, you know. So I'm looking forward to getting into round three because that means we've achieved another nine holes. Um, 
and we've still got some things to talk about. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's great. So uh, watch this space. We've got plenty of things coming up going forward. You know, special guests will be on as we've done in the previous um, sessions. We've just got to wake everybody up again for the new year, but we're looking forward to what we've got to offer um, and watch this space. Um, we'll catch up with you next time.